I know it is true. I can't wait to read your book and try some of that stuff out on Stephanie and see how we Did you get my book? I did, thank you. I posted a picture yesterday. I didn't look and see yet. I'm at the beach. You're at the beach? Yeah, I'm supposed to be on vacation. Cocoa Beach in Florida. Oh, my gosh. It's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, sitting here looking at the ocean. Yep, came in to be on the phone call with you and give it a fun time. How come you wanted to do a coaching call on your vacation? It was the only time you had. Well, okay. Well, are you on vacation for a month or? (laughs) No, you didn't have any. I couldn't do last week, and I don't think you had anything next week. If you have something next week, that'd be great. Let's do that. Because I got it blocked out. Well, first of all, um, Monday and Tuesday, I don't take calls Monday. Tuesday's blocked out for uh, DBA prep, and then I go to Minnesota on Wednesday. But let let me, before we get going, let's just. That's why we did that. That's That's probably why I picked today. Do you want to do Do you want to do a call next Tuesday I instead of today? Yeah. Okay, so let me um, let's see. We are. Your where's today? There's today. Okay, so your call is four o'clock today. Let me go ahead one week. I can do any time Tuesday. Uh, let's do four o'clock. Let's do four o'clock on the twenty eighth. I'll make that work. Uh, cool. So I want you to have. I want you to be on vacation. Well, I don't mind. I mean, hold on one second. Do you want me to go ahead and – yeah, because that actually is two weeks before my launch. So that will be better. Okay, so on well, 428 – think, think this through with me for a second. My my launch is two weeks from – three weeks from Thursday. So that will be two days before launch. We probably should just talk about it today. i got a lot of questions for you. Okay. Unless you don't want to talk to me anymore. Well, well, all right, let's play that by ear. Let's do this and then... Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd probably right. talk to you. Okay, cool. All right, let's... Uh, let me get my intros ready and then... We're, okay, I'm not going to promote... Because this one's not coming out till after the event, so I'm not going to play that. I'm going to play this one. All right, you ready to go? I am. Hey, I'm... I'm, I'm, um, I'm one of the reasons I'm excited is I did a, uh, a private coaching call with Marie George and... Um, Oh, man, I was just in the zone, Susie. And so she has this whole thing. She wants to help. Both of them have a heart to serve. They're involved in ministries and stuff. Mm -hmm. And she's got this thing about working with, uh, you know, young black women, helping them make. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I said, your book, the courses, the program, everything you do is going to be called Rise Up Sisters. (laughs) Now, you know, to pretend I never told you, so in case she ever spreads that. But, oh, I just really, you know. That's great. uh, your world does not revolve around your guy. I don't know if that's the right tag, but, you know, mm-hmm. how to make the right choices uh, to live a fulfilled life with meaning and purpose, something like that. And it's all she that's really great. wants to help young women. So Rise Up Sisters, I thought, was so good for her. I <laughs> and, love that. Um, Rise Up Sisters. Yeah. Uh, just on fire. Okay. Yeah, that's why I'm. That's, that's why I'm charged. Okay, here we go. Uh, three, two. This episode of Stick Like Glue Radio is brought to you by Jim Palmer's Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program. Now is the time to create your dream business, and Jim Palmer is the perfect business coach to help you get that done. Jim offers three different coaching programs, and as a member of his mastermind group, you'll also benefit from the advice, wisdom, and inspiration of other successful entrepreneurs. This is a group of action takers, so if you're tired of slow to no growth and are ready to finally grow your dream business, go 
to www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com. Hi, it's Melanie Benson Strick, America's leading small business optimizer, and you are listening to my good friend Jim Palmer on Stick Like Glue Radio. Welcome to Jim Palmer's Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Jim Palmer is a marketing and business building expert, author, speaker, and an in-demand coach. He's the founder of the Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. Jim is the host of Newsletter Guru TV, the hit weekly web TV show based on Jim's smart marketing and business building advice. Check it out at www.newsletterguru.tv. And now, please welcome the host of Stick Like Glue Radio, Jim Palmer. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio. This is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Those are some really great things for anybody's business. I am your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach, and as always, I'm committed to helping you build a more profitable business faster. I am beyond excited about this week's show because my special guest is author, speaker, and the amazing relationship coach, Susie Miller. Let me tell you a little bit about Susie, and we'll bring her right on. Susie Miller, known internationally as the better relationship coach. She is an author, speaker, and coach, and as a therapist turned coach, Susie is dedicated to helping people create better relationships in 30 days or less, even if you're the only one who is making the effort. And after 20 years, excuse me, for over 20 years, she has helped people reduce stress, improve communication, increase intimacy, and have better relationships with each other, themselves, and their God. Susie also coaches entrepreneurs and executives to create strong marriage and family relationships while simultaneously building a successful business. So we're going to talk about that. She believes relationships are the currency of today, so creating Better relationships is vital to success in all areas of life. Susie's the author of the wickedly popular book, Listen, Learn, and Love, How to Dramatically Improve Your Relationships in 30 Days or Less, which offers practical advice and actionable steps to quickly improve your personal and professional relationships. Susie has appeared on NPR, Success in in the City, plus numerous podcasts and radio shows. She is an in-demand speaker and engaging MC featured at various national events and conferences. Susie is also a cancer survivor. Her story includes overcoming numerous life challenges, but she's known for her outlook on life as a possibilitarian, and she has been married to her best friend, John, a serial entrepreneur for 32 years. They have three uh, wonderful adult children. She lives in the D.C. area, and she's just one of the nicest people you'll ever want to meet. Susie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jim. It's so great to be here on your show. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. It's such an honor and a privilege to uh, spend time with you. And I should just tell people, I, I always like to be fully transparent, you are a member of my coaching program, so I get to talk to you quite a bit. <laughs> but um, this, is, this is one of the first times I've gotten to interview you, especially about your new book and about all your, your uh, relationship uh, coaching and things like that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. And I'm really grateful for having you as a coach and being part of the Dream Biz mastermind it's a great place that i found um camaraderie and insight and wisdom and of course you've helped me not only grow my business but finally get my book out of my head and into the public's <laughs> hands so i'm a grateful, is, grateful member 
Oh, thank you. And that's a great thing about working in a group. I mean, we, we support each other, encourage each other, and we hold each other accountable. Now, um, so people might be listening to this going, all right, so Jim's doing a show on relationships. And, you know, I forget who said it. See, you probably know, but I think it was Zig Ziglar that said, if you don't have a, a good home life, you don't have success, or you can't have success in the workplace. I mean, it's not enough just to say I'm successful, but then, you know, your your house is in complete disarray. So that's one of the reasons I'm excited to talk to you. Is that did I remember that right? Do you, was that Zig Ziglar? Yeah, actually, said that? it was Zig Ziglar. I quoted in my book. You cannot count yourself a success in business if your home life is in shambles. Yeah. Zig said that, and he was a firm believer in that. And that really is what got me moving from being a marriage and family therapist into a business a coach that works with people who are you know soaring to the top in their success in business, but their relationships are you know bankrupt because they haven't spent time, you know, investing in them. And a lot of times I think it's because they're not sure how or it seems like too much to do given that they're in a startup mode or in a high um, entrepreneurial, you know, massive action mode. And I, they think, oh, gosh, I can't do this and pay attention to the people I love. But I'm doing this for the people I love so they'll understand. And they get to the top and they turn around and nobody's there anymore. You know, Susie, you mentioned the um – the word bankrupt there. So I want to first ask you, what do you mean by the statement relationships are the currency of today and, and how is that relevant to our to our listeners? Well, I think it's relevant on a lot of fronts, Jim. First of all, you know, currency is, you know, how we do transactions and it doesn't matter whether you are on Main Street or Wall Street. Who you have relationships with is going to determine the success of your business, whether you are face to face with a customer whether you're looking for startup capital, whether you're building a relationship online through social media, you know, they are how we get to know people. People come to know, like, and trust us. And it's relationships that cause us to make sacrifices, to engage, to give our business to one person over the other. Um, and that's just in the business world. In the personal world, I think it's even more important because we live in such a digital age. So many people, you know, can update their status in 140 characters. You can friend and unfriend people with a push of a button. And so relationships really have become a very precious commodity that we have to tend, invest in, and, you know, spend wisely. You know, um, what is the most important question to ask in relationships, Susie? I mean, um, how have you seen relationship? Because you work with um, – I know you work with a lot of couples privately, and you work mm -hmm. with some um, you know, some CEOs and things like that. But I have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this show and uh, interact with me in my um, my space. So how mm -hmm. do uh, – why, why – well, let me start this. Why should entrepreneurs you know, focus on relationships? And, and I, let's just clarify. We're not talking necessarily about their relationships with their staff per se. We're actually – we're talking about their relationships, their important relationships at home. Why should they – pay as much attention about their relationships as they do their uh, P&L statement? Well, uh, for a number of reasons. I, uh, and I do work with a lot of entrepreneurs as well, a um, couple entrepreneurs. I've been married to one, as you know, for 32 years, and I also am one myself. I think, especially in the entrepreneurial space, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, it's all about you. I mean, you're the CEO, the COO, the CIO. You're doing it all. And so you have a ton on your mind and on your plate but if you pause for a minute, every entrepreneur who's listening, think about why you started your business. I would say that almost all of our whys relate to the people in our lives, the important people in our lives. So we end up, you know, wanting to provide a certain lifestyle for a family or take care of aging parents or invest in a ministry 
or support a philanthropic venture, but all of those are related to people. And so, and whenever there's people, there's relationships. So I feel like, especially for entrepreneurs who are, you know, going, you know, mock 10 with their hair on fire, to have a few key tools to help their relationships not be bankrupt while they're building a profitable business can really make the difference between just a success on their P&L and a, and a full, well-rounded, successful life. You know, the other thing is, and I love your term, Mach 10 with your hair on fire. That's pretty funny. Um, but it's actually probably pretty true. You know, um, Susie, the other thing that I've learned about relationships is, um, and, you know, it's not just your spouse or significant other or whatever, but, you know, your children. You know, that's why I say the important relationships in your life when there's only so much bandwidth we have, you know, and entrepreneurs right. who are creative, they got a lot of things going on, like you say, massive action. And when your mind, you think you're focused, but yet there's something like in your subconscious, the back of your mind is trying to process, oh, goodness, you know, what's going on with my son or my daughter or whatever, um, that's actually slowing you down. It's slowing down the creative process and things like that. So actually taking time and, and you know, to, to either fix something or taking time initially to make sure the relationships are healthy actually will make you a better entrepreneur. Do, do you agree with that? I, I, I think that's a great point, and I could not try to have said it better myself. I remember you and I chatting at one point in time about, you know, you had a client who was stuck in a relationship, and we talked about the image of a boat going through locks. Like if you think of a, a boat going through locks, it moves into one, it has to wait for the water to fill up, and then it has slowly moves to the next one, it has to wait for the water to fill up. And so there's this constant stop-start, stalling, idle and, and that time, and then we talked about, you know, you said compared to you with your fabulous, perfect timing boat, skimming across the water and everything's kind of flowing, and I think that's a great picture of the difference between someone whose home life isn't, uh, whose important relationships with their, you know, partner, their spouse, their kids, their family, you know, even good friends is going well, and it's not kind of like a drag, like barnacles on a boat but you're just kind of going quickly through the water. And so it, it frees you up to be creative and energized, and I would suggest even focused. I think everyone can relate to when they've had a bad day at home or their day has started off badly. You know, they might have an argument with their spouse or, like you said, tension with their son or worry, and it, it filters into all of the day. You know, it just kind of has this gray cloud over the day. It's very hard to stay fully engaged, and like you said, you kind of get dragged down. I think when we can put relationships in a proper perspective and have a, you know, them in a good place and a supportive place, I think entrepreneurs need the support of their spouse and their family to know how hard it is to be an entrepreneur. Then their creativity is more freed up, and there's not this constant push-pull back and forth, especially for, I would say, women entrepreneurs who are juggling relationships even differently than men entrepreneurs. But I think, you know, you and I have talked. Men entrepreneurs still have that moment of, I'm doing this for my family, and yet my family's all mad at me because I'm busy and it's 9 o'clock at night. Or we're in the middle of watching the TV show and I see a commercial that reminds me of my next idea and I'm only half present. And I think that's a big part of the, the struggle for entrepreneurs as they build businesses and relationships simultaneously. You know, um, you've been a, a coach, a relationship coach for a long time. I know you to be a very genuine uh, person. You don't believe in a lot of hype. But I, I, I do have to ask you about your uh, your title, uh, A Better Relationship in 30 Days or Less. Is that is that really possible or is that just like, okay, you're just going to scratch the surface and get started? <laughs> That's a great <laughs> question, Jim. Um, and, yes, it is possible to improve your relationship in 30 days or less. Because a lot of times what's holding us up is, is just a few things that need tweaking versus what I would call, you know, 
a personality overhaul or a major intervention, assuming that the relationship isn't, you know, totally on the skids. So one of the things I compare it to is I have this sand timer in my office. And, you know, occasionally the sand grains will get stuck. And every once in a while when that happens, if you just shake the sand timer up a lot, a little bit, all the grains will come down, like whoosh, all through. And I think relationships are like that. Like one or two things can be sticking points. And until we address those few things, when we, once we do, you see a big return on the engagement and in the connectedness of a couple. And once you begin to improve one area, everything else seems to improve more easily, more quickly. So is it a perfect relationship and are all your problems solved in 30 days? No, that would be like trying to sell you, you know, a lakefront in Kansas. But the reality of can you have a much better relationship in 30 days or less? Absolutely. I've seen it done. You know, I've done it with couples for, like I said, over 20 years. And I've seen improvements almost as quick as, you know, 24, 48 hours. I had one client call me back and say, Susie, that tip you gave me really worked. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> That's fun when you get that call, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so, yes, it can uh, be done. Oh, that's I knew that. I just, but I wanted to I wanted to tee you up with a good softball there. So well, you know, here's what I, I can do. I can do this for your listeners. I can tell them one trick, so all your listeners have one thing oh, to take away. Would love it. If they take away nothing else, here's the one thing you can do to help your relationships get better immediately, and this okay. applies to every relationship. So the next time somebody shares something with you that they're either feeling or thinking or struggling with, it, it goes in any of those things. And I'll give you a couple examples. So your wife comes to you and she says, you know, I'm feeling a little frustrated that, you know, you're, you're late when you said you'd be home or we, you know, you've worked the last four Saturdays. What we tend to do in those moments is we tend to either be defensive or we explain ourselves, correct? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree? So in that moment, if instead of doing that, you said, huh, can you tell me more about that? You know, can you tell me more about what that's like for you? Or, and you engage in a way that allows them to feel heard every relationship will get better. So you might say that to your wife, Stephanie, who happens to know, gosh, Steph, that must be really hard for you. You know, I'm sorry about that. Can you tell me more about what that's like? And she'll say, well, I don't feel like I'm a priority. And, and you just validate what she says. Whenever we validate someone, they feel, you know, so much better and like you really care as opposed to, well, let me explain. My DBA is coming up and I've got all the stuff on my plate. And then they feel dismissed. You know, so let's say your, you know, your kid comes to you and they're like, you know, Dad, you haven't been to my game in a while. And you want to justify it. And instead of explaining why you haven't, you say, gosh, I'm, yeah, that must be really hard. Can you tell me more about that? You know, whether an employee comes to you or a client and says, I'm really frustrated I haven't moved forward. We want to go, yeah, but you've done this, this, and this. And instead of saying that, go, well, tell me more about that. In those moments when you validate somebody, they feel like you care about what they think more than what you have to say. They care about how, you know, you care about how they feel. And there's not been a single time I've had a client use that or use that in my own life, and there's not been this, huh, wow, that really helped. Because people want to feel heard. They want someone to listen to them. And so that's one tip that, you know, you don't need 30 days to practice that one. No, that's something you can pull out of your back pocket. And uh, I'm going to try that. I'm going to I'm going to count on that the fact that Steph, Steph, Stephanie's not going to look at me like, that is not something you would normally say. Have you been reading Susie's book or what? Oh, yeah. my goodness. Um, you know, in your book, which I was uh, very blessed to get an advanced copy of, and I, I, um, it's just a wonderful book. What You wrote something in there, Susie, about the most important question. What was I, can you, what was I reading there? 
you were probably reading it in the, um, well, Listen, Learn, Love. Those are three skills that will help your relationships. And that's another great place. I don't really start there because it's a harder one. The most important question to ask in any relationship at any moment is, is being right more important than this relationship? Now, assuming it's a healthy relationship, not abusive, it needs just tweaking, at any moment that you want to defend yourself or, you know, explain yourself or, you know, you know that, you know, if you split hairs, you're kind of right. Like, you said four and I was in at 402 or, you know, just any time you want to you know, push your point home that might alienate a person you care about. It's really important to ask, is being right more important than this relationship? Is being right, let's just talk, pick it to an entrepreneur who is, you know, wanting to, you know, invest in a, you know, a, a conference. Let's just say that. And they're trying to explain to their, their spouse why they need to go, why they need more time, you know, address all the objections on the front end, and it becomes heated. And a lot of times when things become heated, what we do is we, we dig our heels and we explain more. You know, this is the best place for me to go. This is a good expenditure of money. I'm going to meet A, B, C person. And we alienate the person who's struggling. And in those moments, we have to go, is my being right here more important than this relationship? And it doesn't mean you're going to give in, but you're going to pause long enough for them to understand that you don't have to be right, that you care more about making sure that you guys are okay. And I think for entrepreneurs, that's really important because a lot of entrepreneurs I work with, one of the things they ask is, how do I get more support from my spouse in this given time of my business? And one of the ways is to, you know, stop having to be right, stop having to, you know, prove your point. And that's a big question to ask. And when we get defensive, we're not thinking about the relationship. I got an inner defense lawyer on retainer, and she comes out really quick with all the, you know, fighting words. That doesn't help the relationship. Does that make sense? It does make sense, yeah. You know, I've got an expression. Are you taking notes? <laughs> oh, I am taking notes. You should see me here. I do have um, I have an expression which is very similar, which, again, it is about relationships. But I, I've said for years that um, you can choose to be right, but your bank deposits will be smaller. <laughs> you know, there you go. You know, which basically means what's more important, you know, and mm-hmm. you need to focus on what's important. In, in your case, obviously, focusing on the relationships. Um, what does love well, I want, well? I, want, I do want to oh. clarify that okay. it doesn't mean you have to give in. It doesn't mean that you know, that you have to be wrong, you just have to pause long enough to engage in the bigger picture. I mean, Jim, can you think about a time when in your relationship with your staff or your kids there was, you know, you had come to a head or come to a a tension point, and really if you wanted to, you could have been, you know, created the best case for why you were correct? Yes, but I don't want to tell you about it. (laughs) That's okay. So in that moment, it's much harder to let go of being right and then and look at that person who you're trying to prove your point with and say, you know what, this is more important. You're more important to me than my proving my point. So maybe that's a better way to say it. We don't have to prove ourselves to be right. And, you know, when you pause and take time to engage that way, usually the tension lessens and the conversation can go more smoothly. Does that make sense? It does make sense. You know, Stephanie and I um – one time we're on a uh, another a podcast about relationships, and um, mm-hmm. we were asked, you know, what's your secret? Cause we've been married 35 years now, and um, I didn't quite know how to answer it, but Steph said something which I just loved and, and obviously resonated with. She says, we, we never tear each other down. We're always lifting each other up. And mm-hmm. I, think, I really think that goes to what you're saying is 
if I choose to be right, and that means I'm going to make sure she knows she's wrong, and that's not building her up. We always try to build each other up. And, um, you know, and that's just, a great way to say it. I might write that down yeah. and use it. There you go. <laughs> you <laughs> you know, in in the second edition. Yeah, we're just so we're so engaged and so passionate. One of the things I talk about with a lot of entrepreneurial spouses is the business that your husband is in is like the mistress you said yes to. He, you know, he loves the business. He thinks about the business. He's passionate about the business, and you're grateful because it provides a, you know, a lifestyle for you and your family. And and there's lots of things that come along with that. But at the same time, you're always sharing your spouse. You know, I haven't figured out a way to say it for men yet. I think husbands feel very similar when their wives are the entrepreneurs. But it's this idea of sharing that passion. And when we're passionate about something, we get defensive very quickly. And that's where I think entrepreneurs sometimes get in trouble because we forget that that other person doesn't feel maybe the same way we do about our business. Right. Um, Susie, what does love well mean? It's a one of the questions from my book, I talk about love well versus, you know, love is such an overused word. Wouldn't you agree we use love so casually? I think so, yeah. P- people I mean, say it right like it's like it's nothing anymore. Right. I love this. I love that. I love your hairstyle. So, you know, we have – love has become very watered down. And so when I thought about how to explain love well, it's this sense of – a lot of times we say I love something because it makes me feel good. I love those shoes because I love how they look on my feet with my outfit or – you love your boat because you love being on your boat because it feels great to be on the water, all that kind of stuff. A lot of times love tends to be more about us. So love well really has to do with the other person. Love well means that I'm going to – and Stephanie hit the nail on the head. I'm going to always choose to put you first. I'm going to sacrifice maybe what I want in the short term for what is better for you or us in the long run. So I give a couple of examples in my book, and one is really easy that I think everybody can resonate with. It's like the kid in the, you know, in a candy store who wants to, you know, gorge on candy before dinner. Well, loving well would mean to say no. And if the kid pitches a fit and throws himself on the floor and has a temper tantrum, you know, as, as a parent in that moment, we just want him to stop. And so a lot of times we'll give in. You know, we just don't want to deal with that. You know, loving well then would be to, to be willing to go, you know what, when you're done having your tantrum, you come on and talk to me. You know, loving well in a marriage might be, turning off your cell phone and really not <laughs> using it. I've been attached to my cell phone um, on vacation this week when I'm doing this call with you. And today, this morning, I was, John and I went for a walk, and I said, I'm going to leave my phone here. And he kind of looked at me like, yeah, that'd be a really good idea. And so for me, <laughs> loving well, you know, I didn't document my beautiful walk on the beach. I didn't check my messages. I was, you know, 110% present to him in, you know, during our walk time. You know, so there's, Things like that. I think loving well in business, I I talk about that in the book, and I refer to what Bob Berg said and and David Mann about there in The Go-Giver, about putting the person first. You know, loving well in a business might be as when a client comes to you going, you know what, with your budget, you really want to take my middle package. When you know you could have talked them into the top package and gotten your numbers up. But loving them well was to say, this is better for you. And what I think is so important is whenever we do something for somebody else's benefit, we make a sacrifice for them. You know, that is, that is money in the bank, money in the relationship bank, and also the clients in the you know, business bank. Because can you imagine the publicity you would get or the, you know, if, if, you came, if you said that to a client and then they went and said, you know, you really got to go with Jim because he's not going to take your money. He's going to tell you to wait until you're ready for that jump in business. I mean, you can't pay for that kind of advertising. 
Wow, that's good stuff. How does love well apply to business? Let's uh, circle back to the entrepreneurs a little bit. How does that apply in, in, like, in terms of business? Okay, so let's talk about the – I mean, I, I would love to use your the, the Dream Biz mastermind that I'm part of. There was a time when I, I – mean, I've worked with you for a couple of years now, and I had to take a break because of some illness. And in business, in that moment, I came to you and I said, can you help me evaluate these choices I need to make? And you took off your profit hat and you said, Susie, here's what I really think you should do that would be best for you, which in the end ended up costing you a bit of money as I had to change my package. And, you know, it was a very rare thing. I had a significant, you know, illness that was going to take me out of work for a number of years. You could have held me to that. And you said, no, let's do this. Let me give you some guidance. Let's move you in this direction. And so we, we did something that was more beneficial, I would say, to me than to you as an entrepreneur in that moment, maybe financially. But what it did was it incre- created an incredible loyalty and, and trust of me, you know, that I felt towards you because you put my needs in that moment first. And so when it came time to ramp back up, you were the person I came to and ended up, you know, getting the top package of possibilities to work with you. So I feel like right there that sounds like counterintuitive when you're always looking at the bottom line and you looked at the relationship first. So that's a big example. A smaller example might simply be the tough love of when you, you know, would say, hey, Susie, that book's doing nobody any good in your computer. Why don't you sit down and get it done instead of deadline? And you do that a lot, that tough love that, that is willing to be uncomfortable with people because you know it's better for them. So those are two extremes on, you know, two on the, of the spectrum of ways to love well. But both are you acting in the benefit of the people you're doing business with versus being a taker. And I think they come back to you all, you know, a hundredfold. That's awesome. And um, uh, thanks for sharing that because, you know, we've been together a long time, and I I definitely remember Mm -hmm. that. And, you know, what's what's always forefront in my mind is the relationship. It's, it's, you know, the first line in – in the purpose-driven life is it's not about you. And I believe if you focus on what's best for the other person and how can, you know, how can you serve, how can I serve them, that is ultimately what will be best for you. So it is, it's really not about the profit. So, um, right. But I that's really that. hard when you're, in the, when you're in the startup mode or when you're trying to be accountable to profits for your spouse or your, you know, your group of people. So I think there also has to be a wisdom in that. But it makes a big difference to remember that, you know, you, I, I don't think you can outgive. I mean, I know for me it created a great deal of loyalty with you and a great deal of trust so that, you know, when you come back and go, okay, here's something you need to be doing, I know that you're moving in on my behalf. I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, we're so cash flow tied up in the beginning or, you know, cash poor in the beginning. There's those moments of I need to have this sale no matter what, and we forget that the short-term, you know, gain is a long-term sacrifice. Versus if we make that short-term sacrifice, we do have a long-term gain because you're right. Now I've worked with you for many more years and referred people to you and, you know, I, I, I trust you with, with business decisions that you've guided me in that have been at times risky and, you know, but have always paid off. Um, let me see. Where's and this the, isn't oh, a commercial for Jim. I just feel that way. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Hey, um, loving, that. loving well, Susie, I think, is based on commitment, not emotions, right? You'd, you'd agree with mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So 
talk about this and how how it applies to relationships and and you know the the personal fall you know the personal fallout in relationships with busy sure. overcommitted entrepreneurs. Sure, I think the the reason I talk about loving well um, loving well comes from commitment, not based on emotions. It's because our emotions can be all over the place. I've been married for 32 years. I don't always want to be married. Not that it's not a bad thing, but there's times you wake up and you're like, man, this is work. I'm an entrepreneur. I don't always want to show up at my job, at my work, at my desk. A writer, you know, there's a, a an old adage about how you get a book written is you sit down and you write. You know, you bleed and sweat, blood, sweat, and tears until it's done. So there's this idea of working from I've committed to doing this, so I'm going to do this. On the flip side, it might be, and I talk about this in my book, one of my clients um, had to go home at a certain time. He had to leave his corporate environment because he promised his kid he'd be at a game. And after so many disappointments or so many, hey, this will just take a minute as he walked out the door and his colleagues would catch him or one more phone call and he'd miss you know, his son's game, it really became a, I need to work for my commitment. My commitment is to leave work or turn off my you know, brain or my computer or leave my home office at this point in time and be available to my family. I think that's, a, that's where, you know, you know when you're on a roll and you just want to keep going and, it, you know, hours can pass and you're like, oh, I just, I'm on this creative entrepreneurial role and you want to live from your emotion. But your commitment is I'm going to be done at a certain time to be involved with my family in a certain way. So I feel like we, especially entrepreneurs who are so passionate and engaged, can be very swept into the moment versus remembering what we've committed to. And that goes both ways. I mean, there's days when you don't necessarily feel like getting up and doing the massive action because you're tired or making one more sales phone call because you've gotten four no's. You know, it's that whole three feet from gold. You keep digging because you committed to dig, not always because you feel like digging. Mm, wow. Good stuff. This is, uh, this is, I feel like this is a little bit of a heavier call than we usually do, but I'm, I'm really liking this. No, it's good stuff. I, it's, it's, it's just so different for me to focus on, you know, this, but it, it is so important. That's why I really want to do the call. Hey, what does jumping scared mean? Like, and how does that apply to both personal and professional relationships? Okay. Well, that's one of my favorite terms. And it comes from when I was in Hawaii. There's a cliff in Hawaii, in Kauai, and it's a 55-foot high cliff that in a movie scene they have people jumping off of. And I remember seeing that movie scene, and I don't know if it ever happens to you, but you watch a movie scene and you'll be like, that would be so cool to do, whether it's a car race or a, you know, a stunt. And so I saw that and I was like, that would be so cool to do. And a number of years later ended up, you know, staying on the opposite side of the beach from that very cliff. And wow. I looked at my husband and said, I want to jump off this cliff. And I did the research and here's the, here's the, you know, ups and downs that other people had, so it wasn't a total crazy thing. But I never gained to the top of the cliff, and for all of my, this will be great, I had this terror of, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm scared. Like, there's this turtle floating by, and I'm really terrified. And I had this moment of, I can either jump scared, or I can miss this opportunity, because it's not likely I'm going to be standing here in Kauai, you know, which is all the way across the country for me, and, and then some, um, again. And it was a moment of, Jump scared. Jump without knowing for sure 100% that you're, that you should do this. So that's where the term came from. And I've used it a number of times in my business. For example, you know, when you press the final send button of your book to your editor, are you scared people are going to not like it? Absolutely. When you put a new product on the market, when you, you know, in, you know, make a decision to change a tagline or move it in a new direction or add a new, you know, element to your business. I don't think we're ever 100% sure 
that it's going to work out. And if we wait till we're 100% sure, or for me, if it's not perfect, you know, those kind of things, we never take action. So jumping scared is, in my mind, in business and life, is doing it even though we're scared. I think people wait until they're not scared. If I'm not scared, then it must be a good thing. Well, no, it's, it's a good thing. It's okay to be scared. Courage isn't the absence of fear. It's action in the midst of fear. And so while I was afraid, I jumped off the cliff. As soon as I landed in the water, I was like, that was fun. I want to do that again. You know, so as soon as I wrote a book and got it done, I was like, that was great. I want to do that again. It gives us courage to continue on. I think in relationships, it means we risk. We risk saying the hard things. We risk saying, you know, the tough things sometimes. Or we risk moving towards somebody in a commitment. Like we risk saying to our spouse, hey, I really need your support here. When they may be saying, you know what, I'm really tired of your business. And it would be easier just to avoid that conversation. So jumping scared in that moment is saying, I really need your support. Could you help me by, you know, asking me these questions? Or can, you know, just all kinds of different ways where you move when you're not 100% sure. And you're great at that, Jim. You give examples of that all the time. Well, and, you know, in my book I talked about all the stuff that I was scared mm-hmm. of and was holding me back. So, right. Yeah, but it's a bit like the not... side. I mean, it's, yeah, it's exactly like the side. But yep. you're not sure when you decide you just made a decision to do it. So, Susie, um, practice makes perfect. That's a cliche we hear very often. But in your book, you write practice makes comfortable. What do you mean by that? So I think we often hear practice makes perfect. The more you practice, you will get better at something. And I think there's a pressure to be perfect. And I think in business, and this is something I, again, this feels like the gym cheerleading show. I've learned from you because I'm a recovering perfectionist. And there have been a number of times you've said it doesn't have to be perfect, just get it out there. You know, get it out there. And I think practice makes comfortable means the more we do something, the more comfortable we become with it. So let's say we are in business and we are trying to grow a new avenue of our business, a speaking part of our business. And the more we practice it, we may not be perfect, but we get comfortable doing it. You know, the first time I was on TV or radio, was I, you know, perfect? No, but the more I did it, the more comfortable I became. So I think there's this pressure that we get it right versus that we get involved and we become more relaxed and more authentic in doing it. And the first time you share, I imagine for you, the first time you shared the story of how you started your business, there was this, oh, gosh, that was kind of hard to share. But the more you shared it, the more comfortable you became saying, here's how I started. You know, you can do it too. So I use that as a way for people to not, pressure themselves to get it right as much as to just get it done. Wow, good stuff. So I have one more question for you, and mm-hmm. um, i like to uh, make sure there's actionable stuff on, on uh, for our listeners. So, Susie, sure. what's, the, what's the one thing that uh, someone listening to this interview can do, can take action on today to see quick improvement in their relationships? Well, I already gave you one of them with a validate. The next time anybody comes to you, kids, you know, colleague, and share something, one of the best things you can do is validate them and and say, wow, you know, that must have been hard for you or thanks for sharing, that kind of thing is a really important step. But I'll give you another little tidbit. And that is, you know, the very first thing in my book I talk about is listen. And we all think we listen well. But how many times have you been listening to somebody talk and in your mind what you're really focusing on is what you're going to say in response? Has that ever happened to you? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the things that will help is if you don't do that. 
if you really pay attention, if you pause and really pay attention to people, because most people, especially like if you're in an entrepreneurial event and you're networking and you're talking to one person and you see the person you really want to meet out the corner of your eye, already you've stopped listening to this person in front of you and they know they're not as important to you as the person across the room. So listening with your eyes, your ears, being fully engaged in the conversation makes somebody feel important. And what happens when we make somebody feel important? We have a fan for life. We have a friend for life. We have somebody who now is, you know, a, a, a comrade in arms, a, a partner in something versus somebody who's like, oh, yeah, that was a business card exchange. So the second thing, you know, big tip I would give people is be aware of how you listen. Do you pause and pay attention and make that person feel like they're the most important person in the room? You know, I, I got to be honest with you. I know this isn't confession time, but I really struggle <laughs> with that. And um, I struggle with that at live events, you know, because if I'm talking mm-hmm. with somebody, it, a lot of times, you know, depending on the event, there's people kind of standing around either waiting to talk to me or waiting to meet somebody else. But it's like there's, it's like you can't help but look over to see, okay, are they waiting for me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, and I right. know I'm being, because Stephanie sometimes will point out, would you stay focused? They, you know, right. so, uh, man, that really hit home with that one. Well, and for me too, like, you know, I, I, when I, it's really hard when you do relationships as a coaching or as a profession because all the people that you're in relationships with can stand up and say, well, she doesn't do that well with me. And I actually address that in the front of the book because it's real risky. Most of what I talk about, I'm the pot calling awesome. the kettle black. You know, I learn all this because I make mistakes. I'm the person who jumps in and I'm the person who defends and I'm the person who interrupts. And so, you know, writing about relationships, a lot of, you know, my training and schooling and degrees aside, a lot of where I've learned this is somebody saying to me, gosh, that made me feel like crap because I was talking to you and, you know, Zig Ziglar walked in the room. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I, and I dropped you for them. And I think in those moments when you do that, what I've learned to do is go, you know what, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Let me pause here. And, you know, rather than scramble and try to make it better. So if you're, you know, when Stephanie says that, that's a great way to remind yourself of, okay, you're not paying attention. And I think if we can just say, you know what, I'm sorry, let's let's try that again. I think people will go, phew, at least, you know, they care enough to say I'm sorry. So, yeah, I mean, most of what I've shared and what I've learned is because I've made the mistakes first. Mm, that's powerful. So, um, folks, everybody listening, I want to encourage you to get the book, Listen, Learn, and Love, How to Dramatically Improve Your Relationships in 30 Days or Less. It is a quick, fast read. It's like about 150 pages. I've read the whole thing. It's awesome. Uh, it's not just uh, it's not just pie in the sky, you know. Go go tell somebody you love them. <laughs> I'm being a little funny here, but this book is full of actionable stuff, and that's that's why I resonated with it so much, Susie. I mean, it's like concrete steps here. Just do this, say this, and you know mm-hmm. that's what because you know I looked at it and go, you know, every every relationship is is built and created over time. And so sometimes if they get slightly off track or askew, you know, you don't necessarily fix them overnight, but you give some really, really good, solid tips, actionable advice that can really make a dramatic difference very quickly. So where can uh, where can people go get the book, and how can they learn more about you, Susie? Well, thank you for saying that, Jim, about my book first. So let me just thank you for that, because I really worked hard to have it not be a touchy-feely book, but to be a really practical book so people could say, here's my problem, how do I fix it? And I could hand them a hammer and say, hit that nail three times. And that's what I really went for my book. So I really appreciate that you noticed that and said that. So thank you for that. For people who want to get the book, there's actually a bunch of bonuses that were given away with the book for fun, and that's at listenlearnlovebook.com. 
com. And if they want to get me or more of me, then my, you know, home-based website is susiemiller.com, and that's S-U-S-I-E Miller.com. So that's how they can get a hold of me, and I would love to connect with anybody who wants to know a little bit more about relationships. I do do coaching groups for entrepreneurs. I do, you know, one-on-one work. I have a lot of resources on my site as well as on the Listen, Learn, Love book site. So it would be great to have some more readers and be able to help as many people as I can have great relationships because that's really what life's about. It is what it's all about. And so, folks, you can help your relationships. If you know somebody who's struggling, um, give it to them as a gift. And so that's listenlearnlovebook.com or susiemiller.com, uh, and that's S-U-S-I-E, miller.com. Susie, thanks so much for being my guest today. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jim. It's always a pleasure. Okay, cool. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special episode of Stick Like Glue Radio with the author and the better relationship coach, Susie Miller. Stick Like Glue Radio is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with the customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. I am your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach, and I am committed, as always, to helping you grow a more profitable business faster. For more information on the next Dream Business Academy, go to dreambizacademy.com, dreambizacademy.com. That is a wrap for today, for this week. Watch for another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio this time next week. Until then, keep moving forward. Keep taking action, and don't ever, ever give up. And before the day's out, go do something nice for somebody today. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Stick Like Glue Radio features Jim Palmer's unique brand of smart marketing and business building advice for action-oriented entrepreneurs. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.getjimpalmer.com. To learn more about Jim's Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind program, visit www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com. If you know other entrepreneurs looking for the fastest way to hire profits in their business, please tell them about the Stick Like Glue radio podcast. Now, go and implement what you've learned and boost your profits. See you next week for more Stick Like Glue radio. And that's a wrap. All right.